Howdy, and welcome back to Grind My Metal Gears. I am your host, Austin, and joined, as always, by my co-host, Danny. Oh, sorry. I, I didn't see you there. I was I was busy being strapped into Ocelot's try-not-to-come machine. Quick, quick press, press the circle button to not come. Press, press select to give in and come. You won't last ten seconds, snake. Ah! <laughs> God. What happens if you press select? I did all the button mashing. Oh, does oh, anything happen if you, didn't, you give in? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. I guess we'll talk about it then. <laughs> yeah. No. No. This is this is maybe the most important part of the game. What? Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. I need to recenter myself. Uh, this is a Metal Gear podcast where we play through uh, the Metal Gear Solid games. We are in the middle of Metal Gear Solid One. Uh, for this section, we are playing through everything up from the aforementioned try not to come torture scene uh up through the end of disc two with the second sniper wolf fight um, end of disc one beginning of disc yes two. end of disc one beginning of disc two we are not at the end of this game yet <laughs> um and so yeah like the end of the last episode we were we were kidnapped uh and now we awaken and we are tied to a torture machine uh and the whole gang's here except for the ones that are dead uh so liquid ocelot one hand re- removed, thanks to Cyborg Ninja, uh, Sniper Wolf, and... Is I guess Vulcan Raven? Vulcan Raven's Vulcan, not here. He's not there, but I guess he's not dead. He's not dead. Um, Decoy Octopus is not there, but put a pin in that. I've got a theory. Um, and uh, uh, who's the other one? Oh, um, Psychomantis, who's definitely dead. He's uh, dead. And uh, we get a little bit of a, a scene before the torture happens. Um, I wrote down that Liquid tells Snake uh, or calls Snake the man who stole my birthright. I'm like, what does that mean? Uh, I feel like Liquid says a lot of things where I'm like, what does that mean? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. He says uh, he calls. I assume Snake is the first and, and then Liquid's the second. He's like, ah, the brother of light and the brother of dark. And I'm like, what is this? Selector Wickross? I was going to say, yeah, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's some like I don't know like mention of like they're they're talking about how like the the America's not going to give into their demands to hand over Big Boss's remains. Um, so they're like, okay, fuck it, we're gonna launch this nuke. Um, and I think it's Liquid or maybe Ocelot that's like, oh, typical Americans, they're always putting politics first. It's like, okay. <laughs> um, and then he also calls him and Snake the last surviving sons of Big Boss. Mm-hmm. Um which is interesting. We get more about that later in a scene with Ocelot, so put a pin in that. Uh, also, some interesting... Oh, okay, hold on. So, some other interesting things um, that we learned in this initial scene. Uh, they didn't know about Gray Fox. Uh, like, Gray Fox being there was like a like a surprise to everybody. I guess that makes sense, because he did literally cut off uh, Ocelot's uh, arm, but um, so they're like, I guess there's like an idea that like, oh, there's there's someone else who's screwing around with things besides just the the foxhound people and and snake. Like someone else is is here in the mix throwing things off. Um, I think there's also I wrote this down or I, here's what I wrote down. I wrote down, wait, decoy octopus is dead because I think there's like some throwaway mention of like decoy octopus being dead. Uh, and I'll get to my theory later, but that that stood out to me as interesting information. Um, also they don't know, or they also don't know what's up with there only being one key card. Um, cause like they, they have snakes stuff. Um, they've, they've stripped him of, of all his items, all my, my beautiful cardboard boxes. And, um, like he only had one card on him. Isn't there supposed to be three? So there's more going on there 
um, with the missing key cards. Um, and then we also get a, a gratuitous shot of Sniper Wolf's asses as she walks out of the scene. <laughs> and those are those are all the important notes I had. Uh, but what what else did you pick up from this like initial like scene with the the foxhound uh, people and and Snake? So uh, Snake talks it like he's like, "Ooh, you're a lady sniper, huh?" Which is very weird that he's like also now like uh uh like bring that up or whatever and she says didn't you know that two-thirds of women are or two-thirds oh, right. of the world's greatest assassins are women i'm like <laughs> okay uh and she's like i've marked you this might have happened in the last scene i forgot to mention it but uh and i was like damn i love me a hyper fixated assassin assassin like she's just like i will i will kill you one one of these days i'm gonna be the one who do- who did it um and yeah that's you basically covered everything um they talk about curing something they don't mention what um uh and yeah they talk about how ocelot screwed up with the chief and that something killed decoy octopus um which we can get into that but yeah yeah, yes basically the first scene um and then it's at this point that it's just you and ocelot uh you're like they've got you like strapped into like a rotating table kind of thing Mm -hmm. and uh this is what Ocelot explains. All right, Snake, press the circle button to regain your strength and press the, the select button if my torture's too much for you. And if you if you die, there is no continue. Yes. <laughs> which which I had not saved in a while. So mm-hmm. Ocelot said to me like several times, like, hey dude, like you're gonna go back for a long way if you don't give in. Are you sure you wanna take that risk? Kind of thing. He also says, um, and don't even try to use an auto fire controller, um, which oh. I I remember that being a thing back then where there were like buttons or yeah. controllers you get that like, you know, hit the same button like a thousand times a second or whatever. Um, so I was like, oh, I wonder if there's like a check for how many button presses per time period. Um, uh, and yeah, this is like a I remember on harder difficulties. This is like a fucking hard section uh, to do. And I remember one time I was doing it and my finger slipped and I hit select and I was like, wait, no. Mm. But yeah, you have to you have to hold off the 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 torture uh, because Ocelot says uh, if you can survive, like fine. If you give in, though, I will kill Meryl. I'll kill the lady, mm. which so you you survived. You didn't give in. Yeah, I used all of my uh, thumb strength and mashed the circle button. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not too bad at first, like, there's, like, kind of, like, each torture session has, like, rounds, um, the first couple rounds aren't too bad, but then by the time you get to the, like, the last round or so, it's like, oh, you really gotta mash for a long time, um, and if you let up for, for an extended period of time, like, it really zaps your health, um, but, and I did game over, because I, um, like I said, if you, if you kind of let up for even a little bit towards the end, like, it's very easy to, like, run out of health, and, um, I did, so the first time I went through, so I did game over and found out that there is no continue, um, and had to, uh, not reload my last save, but reload my last, you know, save state, uh, which, fortunately enough, I did have a save state right after the sniper wolf fight, so I just had to, like, run up to the comms tower and have that scene happen again, um, and luckily you can skip through most cutscenes, um, and, uh, but the funny thing is, when you game over, uh, you hear Liquid go, like, Ocelot? You did it again? <laughs> and <laughs> Ocelot goes, yeah, sorry, boss. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> he's just constantly, uh, torturing people to death. Um, yeah. which I guess maybe that's what happened to the DARPA chief, now that I think about that it? That is, yes. Okay. So, if you, if you give in, uh, at this point, Meryl does die. 
they kill okay. Meryl. This is the branching point where there are two endings. Hmm. And I don't really want to say what the difference between the endings are. But obviously with one of them, Meryl is not there. Like, she cannot be there because she dies. Right. Um, and it's a whole thing. That is not the canon ending. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, obviously the canon ending is, is you withstand the torture. Um, but yeah, and it, it doesn't really, I don't remember, because I've definitely done both versions, I don't remember, like, when it comes up again, where Snake, like, Snake talks to the colonel, is like, I'm so sorry, colonel, but, you know, they're like, oh, she knew what she was getting into, and da 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 Um, so that is the major branching point of this game, is does Meryl survive? Uh, which, if you, if you don't give in, she, she survives past this point, for sure. Gotcha. As a, at a certain point, I was just like, why am I, do I, why am I doing this? Why am I killing my uh my thumb to <laughs> get through these scenes but i was like ah eh, you know seems like the right thing to do snake wouldn't give in um this is also what because like when we you know started this playthrough i was looking up like oh what are the different changes at different difficulty levels and this is one of the things that changes is there are less or more torture sequences depending on what difficulty you're on um and they get so brutal I was, like oh my god mm, your finger starts killing yeah so i was like okay glad i didn't go on a harder difficulty um, mm -hmm. and then you end, uh, well, I guess I think, I think you get like a quick scene with Ocelot before they take you to your cell. Um, the scene of which I wrote down two things. Uh, he mentioned something called, uh, Le Infant Terrible, uh, project. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's like, I'm sorry, the what? Uh, no, no further comment from Ocelot as to what the fuck that means. And then, um, he also says something which he elaborates on in a later scene of like, um, He's talking about liquid, and he's like, he's he's the one man that can make my dream into reality. And I was like, uh, cool dude, what what dream? And then he he tells you later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, put a big fucking pin in the les enfants terribles uh, project. Thank you for <laughs> thank you yeah, for the no correct pronunciation <laughs> on that. It is uh, uh, one of the most important things in the series, in that it's like basically the inciting incident for most of it. So interesting. Also, the the title of a uh, is it John Pierre something? I'm looking it up. Oh, John John Cocteau uh, novel shares mm. that same name, and then there's a John Pierre Melville adaptation of that John Cocteau mm. novel. Uh, neither of which I have seen or read, but that is directly where the name is lifted from. So <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Kojima. Um, I also think like when he mentions uh, the that project, um, it's in reference to like Liquid being a part of it somehow. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's interesting. And then yeah, you end up in a jail cell, um, just you and a bed, and oh, the decomposing maggot-infested body of the DARPA chief, um, who has clearly been dead for much longer than um, uh, we've known him to be dead. Like when we saw him die. Which leads to the question of, well, who did we see die back at the beginning of the game? And at some point, uh, I, it just snapped together for me because they had mentioned like about Decoy Octopus being dead. It's like, wait a minute, was the DARPA chief we met Decoy Octopus and therefore dead? And also, therefore, I didn't even get to enjoy getting to meet my boy, <laughs> Decoy Octopus. This whole time... I have been internally screaming anytime you're like, I can't wait to meet Decoy Octopus. And I'm like, oh, you, you poor, poor boy. <laughs> like, I, already, I literally have in my notes in all caps, I met my boy and I didn't even know it. <laughs> and the funny thing is, not really a spoiler because you already know the outcome. They bring it up again later. Like someone confirms this to be the case. Mm -hmm. uh, in the, probably in the next segment we'll play. Um, even though it's like very obvious here. Uh, but like I, th I'm pretty sure that 
Snake is going to be very surprised uh, later on, even though, again, he should absolutely know that this is the case. Um, but yes, uh, DARPA, DARPA Chief was uh, Decoy Octopus, or Decoy Octopus was a DARPA Chief, um, because he can perfectly imitate their voices and faces, um, which, like, mm, was, he, was he doing blackface? I think so. Mm. Decoy Octopus canceled, but yeah, so that's that. Yeah. It's kind of like, that is literally the, the only instance of Decoy Octopus for now. Oh my god. Um, Which, it's, it's very funny replaying this because there's another character in another game that borrows a similar naming strategy, and it was only until like just recently that I was like, why the fuck was she named Decoy Octopus, or whatever Octopus, and I'm like, oh... There was Decoy Octopus, wasn't there? You mm-hmm. just never, like, officially meet or fight him. Yeah. <laughs> but still begs the question, what killed him? That's true. What did Because they him? don't know. Like, no one knows at this point. Who Truly, who killed Decoy Octopus? Um, yeah, I knew that, um, not this specific thing, and, and also just, like, by reputation of this game, like, you know, names that come up often are Revolver Ocelot and Liquid Snake and Sniper Wolf, but you don't see a lot of people out there standing uh, Decoy Octopus. I've got to shoulder that weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I knew, like, he probably wasn't going to be a, as big of a part of this game as um, uh, all the other characters, but to be like, wait a minute, <laughs> I didn't even get to properly meet him uh, it was kind of funny. Um, and it's a fun, like, little reveal of, like, oh, wait a minute, like, this is the real DARPA chief. Who was that? Like, I like the, the way it works. It's just like, oh, man, I built up <laughs> so much interest in this character for, for that to be the payoff. Yeah, there's a reason. I was, I was kind of wondering if you were going to catch it. If you look at the corkboard, all of the Foxhound members are a photo of them in-game except for Decoy Octopus because you only see him in, like, the briefing scene, like, in the concept art, essentially. Oh, sure. <laughs> so, yeah, his, his model does not exist in-game, so... That's funny. Um, it would be fun if, like, he didn't die and he's just, like, a character that constantly shows up pretending to be other people and you never <laughs> see what he actually looks like. Like, that would be a fun gag, too. But I do like that, like, oh, hey, one, one of the Foxhound members was already dead. You didn't even know it. Mm. So you're in the we're now we're in the, this uh, thing. What do you do? Um, well, I guess first I called up. Uh, well, no, first I was like, well, clearly I can crawl under this bed, so let me crawl under this bed. Um, mm-hmm. And then nothing happened, so I was like, okay, let me let me call up the colonel. Um, and this is when you talk to the colonel about like um, America not giving into the demands, and they're like, you know, they're going to launch a nuke. Why won't they just give over Big Boss's remains? And we find out that. The reason is because uh, it would, like, the president had vowed to not use eugenics programs, uh, and if that came out, that that they were actually doing state-sanctioned eugenics, uh, that it would be bad for uh, politically for the president and for America, and there's something that America and Russia are about to go into agreement on called the start three accord which yeah. does not get like explained what that is it's um, a real thing and, okay and, or no uh, sorry it's it's uh the start two accords is a thing the start three uh, accords is a fictional thing okay um and so it's basically like, hey if this came out it would ruin this like agreement that russia and the u.s are about to which is like okay but they're gonna drop a nuke i feel like that's 
almost even worse <laughs> but um uh and then snake is like mad because basically the the chief lied to him about um like the nature of the operation a bit and um mm -hmm. uh, he says like oh so patriotism is your excuse for circumventing the constitution i'm like well snake i don't know what part of the constitution you're referring to but <laughs> i get your anger and also yes patriotism always the problem yeah um for, for the record i believe that these start accords are a nuclear non-proliferation thing so it's supposed to be like a, a disarmament thing, uh, so which is why like the the peace talks are like really important and everything. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so who did you call anyone else, or what did you do? Because so we we're gonna go back into the torture, the jerk off room. Yeah. Did you do anything in the intermediate time? Um, trying to think. Uh, I think I just had the codec call with the colonel. Okay. And then came to the realization that, like, I think it was while talking to the colonel about, like, the body of the DARPA chief being in the room um, was when I, like, came to the conclusion that it was Decoy Octopus that died earlier. Um, oh, you're going to be, you're, you're going to be kicking yourself, I tell you. Oh, okay. Um, well, because remember from last time, uh, I don't have Otacon's um, phone number, so I can't, I would have called my boy and be like, hey, what's up? Miss you so much. Stuck in jail right now. So <laughs> just got tortured. <laughs> so I did call Otacon, mm -hmm. uh, and he said, "I'm coming. I'm I'm gonna come help you out." Nice. And then nothing I mean, he, happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he eventually came to me as well, but uh, I didn't I didn't get to talk to him on the horn about it. He just kind of surprised me. Um, oh, okay. That's it was, it was, but it was after the the next torture scene. Um, yeah. Uh, but I didn't I didn't have to call him to make him appear. Um, yeah, I think, I think I just talked to the colonel. Maybe I called him twice and there was like two different conversations. And then that was like where, where I got pulled back out to, to do another torture. There is a bit that, um, I think bef I noticed before doing the Kodak conversations of, um, there's one guard that's kind of patrolling outside. And in this first scene, he's complaining about how, um, his clothes got stolen, um, referring to like when Meryl would have presumably knocked him out and taken his clothes to mm -hmm. disguise yourself as a soldier so i thought that was funny he's just like griping about it. it's like oh, i can't believe i got knocked out and got my clothes taken um <laughs> so, uh, so i guess jumping ahead a little bit there are several ways of getting out of this cell interesting yeah so i'm Did curious about that way while i was playing it interesting i'm curious of what how you how you decided to but uh, but yeah, so he's he's sneezing. Um, if you, I kept knocking on the door, and he kept like going like, "Will you cut that out? Right. Stop it!" Um, and eventually, we get we get taken back to the torture cell where o Ocelot has this whole thing. Uh, so Ocelot is Russian. Uh, I don't know if that's explicitly said. Um, it, it's made pretty explicit in the scene, but I don't think it was said before to the point yeah. that I was like, "Oh, I guess he is." I just thought he had like a weird like nondescript accent i didn't know that was that was the actor trying to do russian um also because he does like the gunslinger thing i was just like yeah he's like american or whatever <laughs> but mm -hmm. no yeah he has big cowboy aesthetics uh, especially later on but he says we live in a sad age imperialism totalitarianism perestroika which i don't know what that is um i know it's like an ideology but i don't, I don't know the specifics uh 20th century russia had its share of problems but at least they had an ideology russia today has nothing to which Snake, I believe this is how he responds, they're struggling between, like, basically saying, like, after the fall of the Soviet Union or, like, after, you know, all that. They're struggling between freedom and authority, and in that struggle, a new form of nationalism is being born. Which I was like, oh, that's a loaded sentence there, Snake. A and Ocelot, really. Both of them kind of just, like, gesticulating about post-Civil, or uh, post-Cold War, uh, USSR, like, Soviet states 
you know, kind of coming to terms with like a new governance. Yeah. Yeah. Perestroika is um like the broad movement to reform the like economic and political system of um the communist party in like the nineteen eighties mm. okay. of the Soviet Union under like uh, Gorbachev, I think is like the like key figure there. Yeah. So we get we get kind of hints at Ocelot's kind of goal. It's like to restore Russia as like a unified front, uh yeah. and like a, a like a superpower, which put like a pin the size of Texas in that one. Okay. We are we are gonna get into it. Uh the 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 number of times I'm gonna have to say like double triple cross uh discussing Ocelot is gonna go off the fucking charts uh in the, in the subsequent games. <laughs> it's so funny to me that like I, I like I already feel like all the stuff we have to talk about for the show is is flatly ridiculous and just knowing it only gets like exponentially more mm-hmm. is um it's delightful to think about. Well, and and for the context for the listener, so we've played this. So this will this will be episode. Four. Five, four, um, and but we've played this over basically two play sessions or like two chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think once, it, so we, in theory, we're probably gonna finish Metal Gear Solid by episode six, seven at the most, um, maybe five even. I don't know. Um, I think like there's a lot going on, uh, in the last bit. Um, though it might be one of those things where we just have like a long episode because, um. It's something where it's like A, B, and C go together, and it's hard to like separate A and B and B and C kind of thing. Sure. But um, once we get to like MGS two, I feel like it's going to be like ten episodes more. Like it's it's going to become dense real quick. So I can see that. Very interested to, uh, especially because like there are like time jumps, and it's like you're not like time jumps, but like just time progresses between each game. So there's like what's going on. But anyway, yeah. This game is a lot more straightforward uh, in terms of story, uh, and as we get get going on other ones, it's gonna be like, what's going on? But not much else happens in this torture scene that I remember. Well, I got uh, a couple other pieces of information from, I, at least I, th- I, I know this gets talked about in a codec call after the torture scene, but I think in the scene, Ocelot makes mention of Big Boss being Snake's dad. Is that right? Yes. Because um, I have in my notes, like, Big, big, big Boss is Snake's dad? Or no, it's like there's something about like Big Boss had told Snake that he's his dad, which I think is an important distinction that it's not like flatly like, oh, yeah, and by the way, Big Boss is my dad. It's like I think like Snake's like referring to like basically the end of Metal Gear 2. Uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, before the last time or before I killed him, he was he said something about like being my dad. And I don't know what's up with that. Uh, <laughs> it's like, hey, you couldn't could have mentioned that earlier. That seems important. Which the whole Sons of Big Boss thing kind of comes into sharper relief then. Yeah, and more credence to my liquid and solid snake or clones of Big Boss because liquid has called him, what, the, the brother of, of light, <laughs> the mm. brother of shadow or whatever. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I think that's the only other um, piece of information. Um, in the in the, code, the next codex scene I got with the, the colonel, they're basically like... Um, uh yeah f- fuck worrying about the key cards let's just plan to destroy metal gear rex um yeah which i don't know why that wasn't the plan from the get-go i mean it, i guess it makes sense if it's just like oh you can get these key cards that'll deactivate the final boss why wouldn't you but also like snakes literally destroyed two other metal gears before so i feel mm-hmm. like you could, you could probably do a third yeah um we also so we also get like naomi talking about like killing big boss and snake's just like besides some people just need killing which i love that line 
<laughs> some people just gotta get killed. Uh, and Naomi's like so judgy about it. Like she's like, "Oh, that's patricide." Like, how how could you do that, Snake? Did you write down Snake's response to that? I'm pretty sure he literally just she's like, "But Snake, that's patricide." And he just goes, "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's like yeah that's, that's the definition and then she starts talking about her brother yeah we learned conversation i i think so like we learned some stuff about uh like her backstory um where she's like oh i never knew my parents so i went into genetic research so that i could like learn more about where i came from or some bullshit like that Mm-hmm. which conflicts with something she says later on, which, like, mm-hmm. my my alarm bells are going off about Naomi in this uh, this chunk of the game. I'm like, something's up with her. Um, uh, and like you're saying, her being, like, antagonistic about Snake. Like, they start talking about Frank uh, Jaeger, who I, it took me a second to remember, like, oh, yeah, that's Gray Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get more of these amazing, like, these are my favorite lines <laughs> in all the dialogue where Snake's just like, it was nothing personal. We were just professionals on opposite sides. Um, <laughs> and Naomi's like, but you were friends, Snake. How could you do that to a friend? And he goes, war is no reason to end a friendship. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't understand Snake's, like, code of ethics, but it's, uh, it's amazing to hear him talk about them. And he's like, um, we were just two soldiers doing our jobs. It was like a sport. <laughs> like oh my god um sneaky ridiculous man yeah and then otacon showed up for me i don't know if he showed up for you uh well first the soldier that's like guarding the prison cell is like about to shit himself so he yes he runs out of the scene so he can go do that and then uh otacon's like snake i'm here and he deactivates his uh cloaking device and uh i wrote down he hands me a bottle of ketchup a can of sardines and sniper wolf's handkerchief <laughs> And a and a card and a like a security a, card. Yeah, and a security card. Uh, also, put a pin in the guard shitting himself. That's important. Isn't that like For, a reoccurring thing? And it's it's a reoccurring thing that becomes like canonized later. Hmm. I I guess I could just say it now because you're not gonna remember it. It was such a minute detail, but it's very funny. Uh-huh. There's a long line of soldiers named Johnny that in in MGS4 like you meet a you meet a soldier named Johnny who's like a main character uh who you, when you meet him he's like shitting his pants and he's he's literally like yeah I come from a long line of Johnnies implying that all the Johnnies you met along the way who most of whom you kill <laughs> are all related to this Johnny who also is shitting his pants all these Johnnies are shitting their pants and yeah it becomes a recurring thing uh the most Memorable of which is an MGS3, which I uh, can't wait for that one. So you're telling me uh, they're the sons of Big Johnny. Yes, exactly. I also like the idea that like like IBS like runs in the family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just which not how that works, but okay. Um, but yeah, then Otacon shows up, which again, remember, I have not been able to talk to my boy because I didn't have his codec number. So uh, I was very excited to see uh, my baby boy again. Um, and Snake's like, I need you to take out the guard. And Otacon's like, no, what? Yeah. I also just love that, like, he's like, here, I brought you some food, and it's a bottle of ketchup and a can of sardines, which <laughs> that's what he, like, is animated with, but the only thing that ends up in your inventory is just the bottle of ketchup. Uh, Snake probably scarfed down the other one. That's true, I guess, and then he had some leftover ketchup. I wonder if, um, I wonder if you could do anything with the ketchup bottle. Oh! <gasps> I didn't try to do anything with it yet. Oh my god, okay, great. Okay, cool. All right, how'd you oh, get out of the cell? Okay, yeah, I guess it's... Uh, well, hold on. W- one other thing we learn is um, uh, Otacon tells us here that he, um, 
he has like a i mean we learned it's a little bit more than just a little bit of of affection but he has like a, a thing for sniper wolf and mm -hmm. um he talks about like oh i took care of her dogs or whatever he's like trying to convince snake like oh she's not a bad person of course she'd let meryl live um uh and then yeah this is like when it's up to you to get out so the the guards like away mm -hmm. and i like as i said i'd already found out you can just crawl under the bed so i was like well i'm gonna crawl under the bed and then he's gonna be like where did he go and then he's gonna open the door uh and that's what happened except i thought there would be a better opportunity to like spring out from under the bed and attack him when there wasn't so i waited too long and then he sees you and then he shoots you while you're under the bed and you get a game over um so i um redid that and then just like popped out whenever the the closest to a good opportunity arised and and didn't really take any damage and just kind of knocked him out um and that was how i got out pretty pretty straightforward i it was so straightforward i was just like oh that's that's just the way you do it i didn't think there would be other ways to do it so yeah the other ways that i can remember one of them's a little hazy it's like I think if you if you don't do anything, you go in for another torture scene. And I think after that, I think maybe Otacon comes back with the key. I think hmm. there's like a maximum of three torture scenes. Uh, it's just like the, the after the third one, somehow you get out anyway. So if you lay on the ground and you like open up your inventory and use the ketchup bottle, it makes a red puddle around you. And the guard comes in thinking that you're dead. And then you jump up and punch him in the face. So that's how you that's how you use the ketchup bottle okay which i love that's like i love that so much yeah that's cool i didn't really think because I, I i don't think i even noticed that the ketchup bottle literally ends up in your inventory until after i'd gotten out um mm -hmm. so i was just under the assumption like oh yeah i don't have anything to use so what what can i do oh there's this bed so i'm gonna gonna hide under there which i forgot to mention when you in like the first scene when you're in the cell and the guard's still pacing outside if you do what i did and crawl under the bed the guard's like what are you even doing in there? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he's like, what is, what is wrong with you? Uh, should have been paying attention because he, he didn't think I'd be under the bed when it, uh, when it really mattered. Um, and then you, so we got our, uh, we get out and it's, it's actually where we first met the DARPA chief. Like this is like just their jail cell. I was like, Oh, like I've been here before. Yeah. And then you grab your, your stuff and then you, did well, you then, check your inventory? Well, okay. So I was like, all right, uh, I'm out of jail time to go back to the communications tower time to backtrack uh there again and at some point um i think it was in the right before psychomantis's office um i got a codec call from deep throat like the, the the second or third only time uh that deep throat's called me and he's like snake quick check your inventory they they planted a bomb um and then sure enough there's a bomb in my inventory <laughs> and i have <laughs> to throw it um so that it doesn't uh, uh, kill me. And I thought that was very fun and clever, the old bomb in the inventory trick. So I did not get that call. I was, I went, I was in a similar place, though. I was like in that area that you, that you had to find Meryl uh, before, where you, mm -hmm. like, you know, heard the jingling butt. And I, I think I picked up something. I don't remember what I picked up. And I was like looking at my inventory just to like see what it did. And then I saw the bomb in there. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? And uh -huh. I, I threw it. But because of where I was, that then set off an alert because, like, there were guards in the area still. And I was mm. like, uh, uh, uh. uh. So I did not get the, the Deep Throat call. Um, I forgot Deep Throat was a character. Um, yep. Have we, have we learned who Deep Throat is yet? <laughs> no. He's okay. literally only called me, like, twice uh, to, like, warn me about mines and, and then this. <laughs> mm. I, don't, I don't remember when we learn. I know we do learn. 
Um, and that, depending on your knowledge of the series up to this point, you would actually already know. But anyway. Well, then uh, you, you go back to the communications tower and then you get like a he you walk by the pool of blood where Meryl got shot mm-hmm. and you get a flashback to Meryl getting shot, um, which kind of unnecessary when it literally only happened like an hour ago <laughs> in the playthrough <laughs> reminded me of uh seed and seed destiny a show with uh, equally gratuitous uh, use of flashback <laughs> and then like everybody on your codec calls you to be like it's okay snake don't be so hard on yourself you'll see oh her. yeah <laughs> it's like uh at this point i'm starting to get tired of the meryl stuff like i get it he's gonna save her like whatever uh but i did like the like everyone being like oh snake don't be so hard on yourself you could do it <laughs> It's like needs some encouragement. And then I think Naomi also makes like a romance, like, oh, like, oh, you, you really care for her, don't you? And Snake's like, no. It's like, okay. Yeah, the fact that everybody's like, oh, you got a thing for her, don't you? And he's like, no, never. No. no. It's not possible. And this is also where they... Gritty. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, th- this is also where Naomi says something that uh, confuses what she said earlier about her backstory because suddenly she knows, like, who her dad was she's like oh my dad her grandfather like, or her grandfather um uh and then i think someone calls her out i think like oh i thought you didn't know that and it's like oh well i looked it up later or something mm-hmm. like that and it's like mm, okay what's what else is she lying about and really importantly she says her grandfather was in the fbi as part of like the anti-gang force in the 50s right. and and was japanese mm-hmm. that's really important because it, it's going to come up later and i don't really want to like signpost it too hard but just the fact that her grandfather was Japanese in the 50s in the FBI oh, okay. should kind of throw some alarm bells if you know about the history of the FBI. Yeah, I did, I did think that. That was like, that's a weird uh, combination of elements. Mm-hmm. But then, oh, and the person who, who uh, calls her out on it is Miller. Miller's like, what do you, wait a minute. So Miller is also on the same wavelength as us. Yeah, Miller's my bro who, who tells mm. me not to... Uh, watch, look at my TV too close and play in a well-lit room, <laughs> take breaks. So then we enter the the best area of the game, uh-huh. Communications Tower, uh, which you get, like, automatically detected. Like, there's no way around that, and, like, the alarm goes off. I thought the play was to, like, fight your way through it. So at first, I was, like, fighting them off, fighting them off, fighting them off. I was like, oh, shit, there's no end to these guys. So I just wasted healing. Uh-huh. How, did, how did you get through this area? Because I, I want to like tell you a super special thing that the game does not tell you about well i'm gonna be so mad because i hated the segment uh Mm -hmm. this was the worst part or mm, there's maybe another one that's just as bad but this is probably the worst um like section of gameplay uh so far i really didn't have a good time i thought the same thing you did they're like you know like the alarm triggers and like uh, you see soldiers come in from behind you and i was like oh yeah if i just like shoot them all down like that'll take care of the alarm but then that didn't happen um so i like reloaded so that way i get like my ammo and stuff back um it's just like okay i guess i'll just run forward like i'll just outrun the soldiers and so you run up like the entirety of the communication tower which is way too fucking long there's way too many floors um it's at this point that like somewhere along the way there's like a door that um you have the right level card to technically get through but um you get a codec call from Otacon that's like, oh, it only opens from the other end. Um, yeah, because it just like freezes shut. Yeah. And this is the first time that Otacon called me on the codec. So now I have his codec number. Mm. Like, literally everything before this could not call my boy up, was waiting for him to call me, and that's the first time he calls me, is to tell me, like, oh, by the way, you can't get through that door. Um, 
and so then yeah i just like force my way up um i'm very glad you told me back in episode one about uh being able to just like um have the rations like slotted into the mm-hmm. secondary equipment slot and it automatically heals you because i basically blew through most of my rations um in this segment um i feel like managing health wasn't too bad up until this point but this entire section of the game i just felt like i did not have enough health or healing items the entire time um mm-hmm. what the game was throwing at me uh, because it's not just oh there are soldiers coming behind you there's also soldiers ahead of you and so you get into points where you're like getting hit by soldiers behind you as you try to take out the soldiers ahead of you like the whole thing just sucks it's not like i feel like the game's not built around that precise enough um like gunplay like it's fine when you have to shoot like a boss or like one or two enemies are alerted to you and you've got to take them down but when you've got like an infinite spawning wave of enemies coming from in front of and behind you it was a little bit much and again the tower's just like too long it's like god how many more floors are there um and then i finally managed to reach the top with minimal amount of health and was just like well i could reload to try to do that and get more health but i don't want to do that again so i was like on low pretty low health uh for like the next section um the next fight but tell me what i should have done that would have made my life easier right so something the game doesn't really signpost well is that using grenades other not normal grenades but like stun grenades and like chaff grenades Mm -hmm. They are not location dependent. So if you use a chaff grenade, it fills the entire room, whatever area you're in, with that effect. So if you throw stun grenades as you're running up, it'll it'll knock out everyone regardless of where they are compared to you. It's not like distance dependent. That's good to know. I knew yeah. that was true for the chaff grenades, just because I, mm-hmm. I I use those enough to like notice that oh yeah you you just throw this and then everything's off until like the timer resets on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not think about that being true for the stun grenade as well. I really haven't been using the stun grenades very me neither <laughs> often. Um, and for a later section of the game, I was very glad I knew about how the chaff grenades work. Um, mm-hmm. because that would have been another awful section to get through. Um. But we'll get to that but that makes sense i'm less mad about that because that's that feels more like a, oh i should have like tried to problem solve that situation more like i should have gone like this is tough let me look through my inventory and see if there's something that can help me out um i feel like I've, if i had done that i might have gone past the stun grenades and be like oh maybe i should use these um, yeah i think what's what got me to use them was i think i picked them up at one point and i was like oh okay it's like telling me to to use these in the similar way that in oh god there's an area that uh i think it's the gap like the b2 where it's like filled with gas where you can get uh the chaff grenades i was like oh okay it's telling yeah. me to use the chaff grenades um kind of thing uh but yeah we get to the top and then the hind d shows up um piloted yep. by liquid Mm-hmm. and we repel off of a roof uh, under missile fire. Yeah, you get to do the like ending of Die Hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess not exactly, but you get to repel <laughs> off of a big building like it's Die Hard. Right, and I was like, I was dog shit at this area. I barely made it through. I feel like I just, um, uh, I ended up doing this twice because I think I died after the segment, so I had to redo it. Um, I think I took more damage the second time, but the first time I went through, I think I just got lucky. I was just like, I'm just going to rappel down as fast as I can. I'm not going to worry too much about dodging. I'm just going to try to get to the bottom. And mm-hmm. that worked out pretty well for me. Um, but I think I mostly just got lucky because I did take a bit more damage um, going through the second time I had to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought I thought it was going to be worse than it was once like you get the controls explained to you about how to like jump down and how to go left and right quickly and all this stuff. Um, it's like, oh, this is going to be a pain, isn't it? But 
unlike actually climbing up the tower, it doesn't take that long to get to the bottom of the tower uh, doing mm -hmm. the rappel. Um, and it's also like you get like a rope uh, on the top floor of the tower. And I was like, what am I going to do with this? Hang somebody? Um, but no, <laughs> that's what you need to, to do the rappel sequence. Yeah. And then I, so you get down and you're on like a platform that it, like the door that Otacon had mentioned is there. You can use the C4 to blow it open and go back inside. I don't know oh. if there's a reason to do that, but you can. Yeah. Um, so I started walking across the, the, the platform, like the, the, catwalk or whatever and immediately got gunned down without knowing what hit me same that's why i had to do the helicopter or the the rappel sequence a second time mm -hmm. and i was like oh maybe i go back to the roof and then i was like well maybe i'll like first i need to look and see what's actually hitting me because i had no idea yeah. um and i eventually just used the sniper rifle and same. gunned them down i also Oh no, I I was using the sniper rifle and then was just having the same thing happen during the sniper wolf fight where like I was getting hit before I could line up my shot. And so what I did is I used the um uh what is it called? The the self-guided missile launcher. Yeah, the, the Nikita. Nikita. Yeah, the Nikita. Um and just launched like a couple of those missiles, took out all the guys that were over there. It was like sick. Mm -hmm. Um and they don't know what's what's hitting them because you can stand far enough back that they don't like auto aggress on you. Yeah. Um, that's what I did. And then when you get across Otacon's back, because like the elevator's not working, and then Otacon's like, "Hey, what's going on? I'll get the elevator working for you again." Um, and Otacon asks you about like he he does the does Love Bloom on the battlefield line, and mm -hmm. I was like, "Damn, you better like Otacon better be asking if I've ever loved him because the answer is yes." It is the first time uh, in my notes for this show that I uh, needed to take a screenshot uh, so I could put it in the notes. <laughs> um, when he says, "Do you think love can bloom on the uh, even on a battlefield?" Because I knew he was building up to that, so I was like, "Okay, let me let me get my hands ready on my keyboard to take the screenshot." <laughs> you you go up the tower. Well, so here's the thing: to to be clear, like there's two towers. So there's like mm -hmm. an A tower and a B tower. So we just like went up and then got rappelled down tower A, and then you walk across the walkway to get to tower B. Um, and then yeah, you have to go. Oh, so like Otacon's like, "I'm gonna fix this elevator," and you have to snakes like um. Well, I'm going to go swat a noisy fly. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so you go back up the tower, which... Is there anything in your way when you go up the tower? There is a, a, a comical amount of turrets. Oh, okay. I couldn't remember if that was going up or going down both. later. Um, but I guess, yeah, I guess both. Um, which, yeah, this is when I was like, oh, I am so glad I have a lot of chaff grenades. Mm -hmm. um, uh, because you just throw one of those and then... Um, and, you know, it's like... It, to the game's credit for the section like they're spaced out enough that you know when the next set is going to be so it's not like you accidentally trigger the uh the sentry turrets and, and get mm -hmm. blasted but it is very funny that like you know you go up a couple flights of stairs and then there's one turret then you go up a couple <laughs> more and there's two and then there's three and then there's four yeah there might be like the naked gun where they like keep kind of like going more and more and more i'm like jesus christ like what yeah, are you doing by the time there's four of them they're just like all grouped together in a cluster like it's like this isn't even like efficient <laughs> mm-hmm but um, one of the, I guess the one part where the tower being as long as it is, like, was actually to, to its benefit because it was a fun joke. Um, but I would imagine yeah. this would be a nightmare if you didn't have enough chaff grenades. I guess you, you pick up some chaff grenades, I think, at the first tower. So mm -hmm. it's like impossible not to have at least enough to get up to the, the top of the tower. Yeah. Um, and then we have oh, a, and a boss. Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say something we forgot to mention we would have picked up at this point unless... You didn't, in which case I don't know how you could have done the hind D fight, but um, the uh, you picked oh, no, up I a uh, a stinger missile launcher. 
mm-hmm. uh, somewhere along the way in the in the second tower, and then you get a bunch of like missile ammo at the top before you you go out and fight fight a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, um, which I I think this might have been my least favorite boss fight. It just like goes on for so long. Yeah, I think for this play session, I thought it was one of the better fights in concept. I liked the kind of cat and mouse mm-hmm. uh, nature of it. It reminded me of the Ocelot fight, which I liked for a similar reason. Um, but it just goes on for too long. Um, like, I feel like the missiles should do more damage than they do. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I played on easy, it would have been like a better paced fight. Um, and again, like I was on extremely or not extremely, but I was on low enough health that I really couldn't afford to take too many hits. So I had to be very conservative with like how frequently I popped out from behind cover. Um, and eventually you get to the point in the fight where like um, the hind D will like dip below the top of the building and just mm-hmm. kind of like wait around until it pops out. And what's cool about the stinger missile is you can still lock onto the helicopter, even when it's like out of, um, out of view. So you can like stay locked onto it, um, and then as it pops out, you can fire the missile and then like run for cover. And so mm-hmm. I just did that a bunch, um, and that helped me get through the fight um, without getting hit too much. Um, but I had to do that way too many times. Like I, I, I thought that was like a fine way to go about doing the fight. But um, if I had, if I only had to do it like half as many times, it would have been a much more enjoyable fight. Um, yeah. But I was definitely worried it would be a, it was a hard fight considering I had like no health and like one ration left yeah and it's signposted as almost like a final boss fight um like you know you're fighting against liquid snake in his in his helicopter and when he crashes uh snake goes that takes care of the cremation yes and i'm like you're goddamn <laughs> right it does snake um but obviously not the final boss fight um and so we go back down and we get on the elevator well before that I was like, let me let me make an official save. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, I should just do that every now and then. That's an excuse to talk to Mei Ling. Um, in which Mei Ling and I have a, co- or Mei Ling and Snake, have a conversation about, like, the nature of memories and saving things. And um, the thing that uh, Snake says is, that stood out to me, I also took a screenshot of this, uh, is uh, memories aren't just sounds and pictures. They exist somewhere between the sounds, between the pictures. Um, just like a, I, I love that, like, by saving the game, you get to have these very interesting, like, one-off conversations with Mei Ling that, like, have no bearing on the real game. But it's just like, I don't know, like, there's something about this game. Like, I feel like Hideo Kojima gets the joy of playing the game, of playing a video game. It's like, you know, building a whole system around, like, saving your game meaning something other than just saving your progress is very cool. And getting to talk to Mei Ling about the the nature of memories and the importance of, like... Because um, I, I think the thing she's talking about is, like, oh, eventually we'll get to a point in the future where we can store our memories digitally. Like, she's talking about saves. Um, and Snake is like, I don't think we'll ever, like like technology will never be able to recreate like the human capability to remember something because like the something as it exists in your mind can't be perfectly replicated with sounds and pictures um or vice versa um i was like damn snake you're so right um and also <laughs> i i just that has nothing to do with the helicopter i just blew up and that rules um so yeah and and that's something i don't remember if it's in mgs2 or not i know mgs4 really suffered for not having uh, good codec conversations but three oh boy three has so many like lively characters where it's like oh here's uh singant and like you know he y- you can just treat him as like oh this is like this kind of gun here's how you use it but there's so much more to it where he's just like 
you know, you, you talk to him while you're wearing, a, you know, a banana suit, and he's like, hey, Snake, why are you wearing a banana suit? And Snake's like, it makes me feel comfortable. It's just like these like fun little conversations. You know, you have the James Bond obsessed major. You have the kaiju obsessed paramedic. It's just so fucking oh good. Oh yeah, uh huh. I'm very excited for that. Yeah, no, it's it's like that's the kind of game where I definitely I distinctly remember just like sitting around and like playing through all the uh the coded conversations because they're just so good yeah and it feels like a nice break to be like okay i just did this like really extended section of gameplay like let me take a break and talk with mei ling and and the master and uh otacon about about what's going on Mm -hmm. um so it's part of the reason why i'm making an effort to save um especially because like sometimes if i game over i feel like oh yeah let me continue for where my last last save is if it's like a not too far back or whatever um feels better than just hitting f3 on my um keyboard mm. um and then yeah you you want to get those conversations with with mailing otherwise mm. um and um so yeah then we get uh speaking of codec conversations we get the coolest codec conversation in this game so far in my opinion um because you get the elevator working or or Otacon, well i don't know if Otacon says he gets the elevator working but it turns out like it just started was, working yeah it just started working like someone was clearly fucking with the elevator um so you enter the elevator and you're something happens when you enter the elevator where like a alarm the weight alarm goes off yeah though that's not clear at the moment mm-hmm. um and then you have this codec conversation with Otacon about that and like you know well it probably has a capacity equal to five people but i'm the only one on here and then Otacon's like well unrelated to that uh, isn't it weird that there were five of these camouflage suits <laughs> in my office uh, when I went to pick one up originally, but then when I went back to get one for you, Snake, the other four were gone. Isn't that weird? Um, and then that's when Snake and Otacon put two and two together and go, oh my god, they're in here with me. Yeah. Um, Otacon yells, look out, Snake, and like his face gets like really close to the yes. codec in a really cool way. <laughs> um, and uh, it's basically like the elevator scene from that one captain america movie except what if the goons were invisible at the start mm-hmm. of the scene uh, which just fucking blows that captain america scene out of the water um oh, then I you love have to this fucking scene it's so good it's very good but then you have to actually fight the guys on the elevator and that part sucks oh because... i loved it i i took up my my uh, famas and just like spun in circles mm-hmm. <laughs> shooting everyone I basically did that in spin in circles, but I guess it kind of just like ran around so that they couldn't like get their sights on me for too long before I could like hit them uh, with my bullets. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me a couple tries. I did die and again. Like at this point, I was on very low health and had no rations, so I couldn't mm-hmm. like take a lot of hits because um, I didn't really get a whole. I think I got like one ration uh, back between the end of the hind D fight and this, um, and I'd used up all my rations in the hind D fight. Um, or what little I had. Um, would the stun grenade stuff had worked if you had used a stun grenade? Could you just... Or I guess if they're stunned, can you shoot them? Or does it not let you do that? I don't know. Prob- probably. Um, I think also what I did was um, I uh, meleeed some of them so that like at least there weren't like four people at yeah. once. I was like knocking out two and then killing the other two kind of thing. Yeah. I was doing that but just like with bullets, like shooting two of them till they go down and then trying to shoot the other ones while those are up mm-hmm. and kind of only having like a few up at a time. I also tried at one point um, to use C4, <laughs> which, oh, which wasn't too bad of an idea because if you like plant it in the corner and then wait for them to go into that corner and then detonate it like and stand in the other corner, it won't damage you. But you have to be very careful. And so I just like I got a bunch of damage on them and then blew myself up because I had not enough health to survive one hit from the C4. Um, but um, yeah, not a fun fight for me. Um, definitely better than 
the communications tower, but mm-hmm. I was definitely like, well, that was cool until I actually had to play through it. Um, I think it would have been better in like one of the later games where like there's more dynamic action. Like if Snake had been able to just like beat these guys up or something like that, like really fluidly, yeah. that'd be one thing. But yeah, like kind of how clunky it is. It's like, Ugh. but I was yeah. okay with it. Especially because, like, like I said, like it's not, it doesn't feel like a game designed very well for like a whole lot of gunplay action. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, like maybe the aiming system were were different. Or if I, the the other thing too is just like if I had more health, um, if I had to burn through all my health going through the first communication tower, um, I probably could have just tanked a bunch of hits and it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping, like, I think where where we ended off this this session, I uh had full health. I have full health, but only like or mostly full health. But only like one or two rations. Maybe I'm hoping I can resupply my rations before like the final fights of the game. Right. Um, but then yeah, we get to the the bottom of the communications tower finally, um, and we're like in <laughs> another snow field, and we're like you know looking for the entrance to the the hangar where Metal Gear is. Uh, when we get interrupted by a shot from none other than Sniper Wolf, we get uh, another Sniper Wolf fight uh, to go through. How did this one treat? Uh, not stellar, but I'm, I was kind of mad at myself for not remembering the strat. What, what's the strat? So the, the best way of fighting this boss is to jump behind a tree and use the Nikita guided missile. Oh. Because you could just shoot that all the way over there. Because after the fight, you can go into like little, like supply closets kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I found some missiles there. I went, oh, duh. Like I could have just shot that. Uh, but that's like the easiest way of fighting this boss is basically just make yourself unshootable and then destroy her. Uh, but instead, I again, it's just hard to like get a beat on her. Once you once I got the first shot at her, everything was fine because like then she like resets herself and you can kind of like keep track of her. But it's just that first like where the fuck is she like why am I zooming in so goddamn far kind of thing. I did use the thermal sight, um, which helped because you know. It outlines her, uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was kind of an iffy fight just because of how fast she could shoot you. Yeah, very similar for me for the first fight where it was like getting that initial read on like where she is and getting that first shot on her was the hard part. And then once that was taken care of, it was just a matter of like keeping my sight trained on her and waiting for her to pop out. Uh, for me to shoot her um so it wasn't too bad and it also um i think both of these fights compared to some of the other boss fights didn't feel like it took so many hits to take her down mm-hmm. um the way that like the hind d fight felt like it had had too uh too many hits um that it needed to take so it didn't go on for forever um uh but yeah this was, was like happy that af- after like a really long and hard section of gameplay for me because i was like on low health and like couldn't couldn't take a lot of hits that like this wasn't too bad of a fight Mm. um and then yeah then we run up to her and get a cutscene where she's like dying she wants you to shoot her and then otacon appears and he's sad and he goes i loved you and i'm like no you didn't you you love snake Mm -hmm. stop that (laughs) that's Um, that's uh snake kills all of the competition for otacon's heart (laughs) exactly um she has to have her gun with her when she dies she says it's it's a part of her Mm -hmm. uh which i'm like this is the kind of stupid shit i'm here for um well there's like a whole like thing where she's like monologuing about and i kind of like how snake just like like has seemingly has like a respect for the people that he kills where he's just like yeah i'll let you do your like warriors speech at the end where she's talking about like all i've ever known is killing and um like how the, the gun is a part of her because i think like you know her being a kurd kind of comes into this again because you know there's kind of like a 
genocide against them. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so she's talking about how, like, you know, ever since I was a young child, like I was killing people because it's what I had to do. Um, and then, yeah, she's like, this is the, like, she's basically like, she's like talking about like, she wants to be set free, like how she's bound by the battlefield, uh, which is something that comes up a, a lot. I know we talked about that before. Uh, like I'm bound to the battlefield as a soldier, please snake set me free. Uh, which is like, like, you know, like it's kind of like, it's overwritten. Uh, like it's kind of like a, you know, melodramatic thing, but like, that's such a sad statement for a character to say, like, you know, like I, I'm just so tired. Like, please just kill me. Yeah. Oh, that was a good scene. Like you said, definitely like heavy melodrama, uh, especially with like Otacon coming there to be like the classic weepy character which is mm -hmm. <laughs> which is good and snake says i don't have any more tears to shed well he says that because uh, he like covers after he shoots her he covers her face with the handkerchief uh mm -hmm. that otakon gave him and uh otakon's like he's like why won't you keep that uh he's like i don't need a handkerchief <laughs> uh, when i don't have any tears to shed and, um, and then otakon's like why do you fight snake and and snake's just like if we survive i'll tell you yeah, I, I, so I love goofy. that. Yeah, that's good cliche. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> let's make it out of, out of this one first, boss. Um, and then, that, yeah, like you said, after the fight, you can, like, run around. There's, like, these, like, small hangars uh, around the edges of the field, um, some of which have mines in them, some of which have uh, sentry turrets in them. There, there was one that I walked into with mines, and I ran into one, hit it, blew up, and I was like, oh, that must have been the only one, and then, like, walked into another one and blew up. I was like, god damn it. <laughs> it's like fucking, like, walking into a rake shed, just hitting every rake. <laughs> I think at this point I had opened up a uh, walkthrough in a tab um, just for certain sections. Um, I don't think the walkthrough mentioned anything about using stun grenades for that, or maybe I just didn't read it enough for that one section. Um but I, I think I pulled it up because I was like, uh, initially, I was like, um, uh, shit, there's a, there a reason why I pulled up the guide in the first place. I can't remember what it was. Um, anyway, but I, I had it uh, open to, to like look something up. Um, maybe it was like, hey, tell me, tell me where Sniper Wolf is generally so I know where to look. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I saw in that guide, it was like, oh, and don't forget to check out the, the hangers, uh, but make sure you, use, you have your... Um, uh, mine detector equipped because some of them have mines in them. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like okay, that's good to know. So I didn't, I didn't get accidentally blown up. Um, but I found in one of those hangers a cardboard box C. So I now yep. have three cardboard boxes. Which that one goes to the communication. To, it goes to that that area. There's like the so this is this is where I said this on the last episode. This is where I found um, one of those trucks that you apparently go into to use mm -hmm. the fast travel system. It's in that snowfield. Um, mm -hmm. And that's when I crawled in and I was like, why is there no item in here? Um, but now that, now that makes sense, now I'll know that I can use that um, for future playthroughs. Which, um, yeah, it's going to be important uh, uh, for reasons that we'll, we'll find out here next, next chunk. Yeah, uh, which, unless you have anything else, does bring us to the end of this chunk. Yeah, no, uh, the, uh, get, you get to the, the little room and then you get a call, or no, you don't get a call. I think it just, like, uh, a title screen comes up saying, like, insert disc two. Uh, which yep. I I had to make sure that I knew how to do that with the system I'm using. Uh -huh. It was a pain in the ass, but I did figure it out. Um, so I, I I am officially in disc two land now. Are you using the um, what uh, what uh, emulator are you using? RetroArch. 
Oh, okay. I'm using um, like EPSXE, uh, mm. which just has like a file option to just change disks. Um, yeah, I was I was going to try to use that one. For some reason, it wasn't working for me. So I just switched over to, to RetroArch, which has like, it's like a hub of emulators. Yeah. So like I was using like the Swan Station component or something like that. But yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, Ret- RetroArch is good. I just stuck with the PSXE, which yeah, did need a little bit of setup for. Um, mm. But changing disks on that was pretty easy and changing... Uh, having doing the two controller setup for the Psycho Mantis fight was also pretty easy on that. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that was disc one. Now, in your estimation, is disc two about as long or or shorter? I think it's shorter. I was looking at a walkthrough just to like get a feel for uh, how much more there was, and I think there's only like like on that on that walkthrough there was only like four or five more sections, and most of those are boss fights um like unless it's like shock like it's like shockingly dense i think the last bit is not that hard or not that long because yeah you gotta remember there's only who's left there's vulcan raven liquid snake and revolver ocelot and metal gear and the metal gear yeah technically um and some of those bosses are literally back to back so yeah that makes sense um feel like well okay also for tracking things uh there's one blank spot on my codec list on my my rolodex mm-hmm. uh so, so someone still to talk to we still don't or i still don't know who deep throat is um and still still lingering questions of course about uh like what's going on with naomi hunter what's up with the missing key cards um uh, who killed decoy octopus i'm always asking <laughs> this um so many many mysteries to to uh discover um so is I- the plan for us to play through the rest of the game in our our next uh like play session i i guess so the i think i'm 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 thinking back on like how i think that like gameplay wise there's not much left i think the big thing is that like that we're gonna run into several codec conversations that are incredibly long um so be sure not to accidentally skip it because you'll just be without dialogue for for mm. a fair amount of time um but yeah i i think we can we could do the last bit i'm kind of confused because like the how long to beat is like 11 hours and I don't know if we're just like really good gamers or something, but like <laughs> I think my my time right now is like five or six hours on on it. So, but I think I think it's if if nothing else, um, uh, based on how we structure these episodes, I think uh, it'll be good just to finish out the game and then that'll sure. lead to one one or two episodes uh, to finish out MGS one. Nice, exciting. Mm. Um gonna say something oh uh i think i'm also around like five five and a half hours on my my save time mm-hmm. but um i do like that doesn't count any time i've had to retry sections of game of which there were several uh in this last playthrough so i wouldn't be surprised if my total play count is closer to like seven hours maybe um so if, if 11 is the the how long to beat uh including like total play time then that might check out yeah i also don't know if like the save game number includes like codec or like cutscenes and stuff like that that's true um but yeah that that, that sounds reasonable i think to just finish the game the next time we we sit down and play and uh then we'll split that up into however many episodes it need be um Mm -hmm. i'll maybe try to be uh because we record these ahead of time maybe i'm already doing it uh but maybe i'll try to be good about uh posting on the twitter ahead of time to let people know what the next episode covers so if you want to play along or just prepare yourself, <laughs> then mm-hmm. you, you know what's going on. And something something else uh, that might happen, because I, I think I tend to play these chunks before you do, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if I notice that it's like, oh, I've been playing this for four hours and I, I think there's a lot left, I'll, I might oh, shoot sure. you a message saying like, hey, let's actually cut it here kind of thing. But we'll see. I I think also a little behind the scenes peek, uh, we record these kind of bunched up, uh, you know, we release every two weeks, but uh, you know, obviously we have a backlog. Um, so I don't know that if it's like, oh, this last section is like five or six hours long, that might not be like, it might not be an issue because we can you know, take our time with it kind of thing. We're not pressed for time. We we probably have, like, two months before this episode will be published. So Yeah, yeah, we record at a, a pretty good uh, uh, advance, uh, which is nice. It means we can effectively take a break once we finish mm-hmm. first Metal Gear before we play Metal Gear 2 or Metal Gear Solid 2 uh, and it not interrupt our, our publishing schedule at all, which will be nice. Mm. Um, but uh, I think that does it uh, for us for this episode. So join us next time for whatever uh, we end up covering. Uh, something in, in Disc 2. I'm excited to get more of Liquid. I forgot to mention, but I fucking love Liquid's ridiculous British accent. Uh, <laughs> he's so, like, he's, a, he's such a fancy lad. Oh, just wait till MGS2. You're going to have a ball. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Um, but in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at GrindMyMGS. Um, uh, I f- forget to say this on all the podcasts that i record but uh you should leave us a review on uh places where you could do so like uh on apple podcasts because apparently that helps uh with people finding podcasts uh so if people are searching for metal gear on apple podcasts for some reason they'll find our podcast mm-hmm. um and see your your wonderful review um and if you don't have a good review to give keep it to yourself um, yeah, we only <laughs> like positivity here exactly um you can find me on twitter at chai underscore squared where can people find you danny you can find me at cover me and sauce on twitter and you can listen to our sister podcast under the kotatsu uh where we talk about anime with our good friend danielle uh wherever fine podcasts are uh, available um until next time uh what are we fighting for uh, uh ourselves for Snoticon. I'm, I'm oh, hell for, yeah. <laughs> bo- both for the individuals and for the reclamation of the proper shipping.